This true first-person story was recorded in front of a live audience at the Fringe Club in Hong Kong. If you want to learn how to tell your best story, sign up on our Hong Kong Stories Meetup page, follow us on Facebook, or go to hongkongstories.com. This story is from the first of two top-notch shows where we celebrate by bringing back some of the best stories told on our stage in the past six months. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now, here is John. Well, in 1995, I was living in one of the most dangerous and crime-ridden areas of America, the South Bronx. And due to circumstances beyond my control, I was going to be homeless. So I decided, well, why not make the best out of a bad situation? And I went down to Medellin, Colombia to do work with the homeless kids down there. Now, Medellin at the time was the headquarters of the world's biggest drug cartel run by the infamous Carlos Escobar. Now, when I got down to Medellin, I was told two things. Number one was always keep your passport on you because that's the only form of identification you have. If you don't have it and they stop you, they can throw, they'll throw you in jail indefinitely and nobody will know where you are or what happened to you. Number two was never speak English. The reason why was they, it's not too long after they had killed Carlo Escobar, who was a great hero to the people of Medellin, and of course, they blamed the Americans. So they said, if you speak English, they'll find out you're an American and they'll kill you. Now, what I would do is I would go out on the street and get together with the homeless kids, establish relationships with them, try to see what I can do to make their life better. And some nights what we would do is we would get a Jeep and load it up with food and drinks and clothes and about 12 or 13 people and ride around the different areas of Medellin and see what we could do. Now, it couldn't couldn't help but be affected by some of the things that I saw. There would be seven or eight-year-old kids out on the street looking after their three- or four-year-old sibling because the family was too poor to look after them, so they just had to make their way. And the older kids, when I say older, we're only talking about maybe seven or eight years old, had what they called their vaso de leche, which means a glass of milk. They find a bottle out on the street, and they would put glue in it, keep it in their shoulder and sniff it because they would get high and that would, you know, take away the hunger pangs. And, you know, sometimes it would just get to me and I would just say, look, uh, give me five minutes. I'm going to go into the alley. I'm going to go around the corner. I'm going to have a cry and I'll be back. And then... The military was in charge of some areas. And if one of the kids wandered into the wrong place, then they were shot and their body left on the side of the road as a warning, don't come here. And in general, that was their attitude toward the street kids was they were just so much trash. The word that they used for them meant the disposable ones. And I couldn't help but get attached to the, a few of them. 
And then I go around and then maybe they weren't there anymore. Nobody could tell you where they were or what happened to them. And then one day I'm walking by the river and they're bringing a body out. I didn't want to know what was going on. You know, I just kept walking. So one night, it's about 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night, and I'm tired. And I want to go back to the room I'm renting in, this, in the barber shop up in the foothills. The area is called, oddly enough, Boston. So I'm going back. And as I'm walking, I see you up ahead what looks like a group of drunks staggering around but they're too far ahead for me to get a read on who they are or what they're doing. After a couple minutes, I realize I'm not looking at a, at a group of drunks. It's a Colombian Army patrol. And the reason why they're staggering around is that they're fully armored and carrying automatic weapons. And what they're doing is they're going along the road and they're trying all the doors to see if they're open. Because if they are, there's some sort of illegal activity going on. There's either gambling, prostitution, or more than likely, drug activity. Also, what they're doing is they're stopping the few cars on the road, making the occupants get out, lie down on the road while they check their papers, and they search the vehicles. Now, the rear guard sees me walking. I'm the only guy out on the street, and it says to the sergeant, you know, Here's this guy. So Sergeant obviously says to him, you know, keep an eye on him. So they know I'm there. If I try to run away or if I try to avoid them, they're going to come after me anyway. So the only thing I could really do is just keep walking and see what happens. Sure enough, I end up right in the middle of the patrol. Then I realize I don't have my passport. So Sergeant nudges one of the soldiers and tells him to come over and check me out. So he comes over and he says, Adonde va? Where are you going? So in my best Spanish, I say, Well, I'm going to my room in the barber shop. It's past the bridge, the third bridge up by the river. And it looks at me kind of strange. You know, there seems to be several things going on at once, and I can't get a read on what's happening. And finally, he looks a little bit confused, and he says to me, De donde eres? Which means, where are you from? Great. Not only don't I have a, my passport, but now I'm going to tell him I'm an American. So I say, Nueva York. His face drops, his mouth gapes open, and suddenly he smiles at me. And he says the only words he knows to say in English, which is, how are you? <laughs> I say, fine, now that I know you're not going to shoot me. So he's kind of excited, and he goes up to the sergeant and the patrol, his friends in the patrol, and says, hey, this guy's from New York. And they look, 
And they stop and they look and they come around. Sergeant comes up to me and he asks the next question, what are you doing here? And I explained, well, I'm here with the church and I'm doing work with the homeless children and, well, if you're a member of a Columbia Army Patrol doing this kind of work, more than likely, you're not much higher on the social scale than the kids living out on the street. So they look at me and they nod their heads and they don't bother checking for any identification. So for the next few minutes, I'm walking up uh, to my apartment with a fully armed Colombian Army Honor Guard. It's like, wow, you know. Finally, I get to the barber shop and I walk over and I said, okay, well, hey guys, you know, this is my place, you know, thank you. And they're going around in the business and they're like, the sergeant looks at me and says, okay. Dios te bendiga, hermano. You know, God bless you, brother. And they go their way, and I go mine. So now, what could have been this really nasty situation turned out to be the most secure I've ever felt in my life. (laughs) So thank you. Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. If you want to know more, visit us on hongkongstories.com. Everyone has a story to tell.